Business Simplicity Show with Sue and Vince, where we talk about what's happening in the credit union industry, the world, and right here on our credit union team. In this episode, we are talking about emotional intelligence. Uh, we're sitting down with a couple teammates and drilling down to what is emotional intelligence and maybe what are, what are some things that we can do to increase our emotional intelligence. So we previously sat down with two of our team teammates, I can say words, two of our teammates, Katie Zaleski, our VP of HR, and Kelly Korth, our Chief Experience Officer, to have a conversation on their take on emotional intelligence and some questions for them around that. So we will jump right into that. Okay, so the red light is on for mute. Does that mean I'm muted or does that mean no, I'm not muted? That means you're not muted. That I'm not muted. If it were blinking, then you'd be muted. Muted. Cool. Just asking. Because you know. usually, it like, funny? red means stop, so that would be super <laughs> funny. Like, if we just brought you just in Just brought people in, and they actually were yeah, on Did mute. not record them. <laughs> <laughs> so we are pleased to be welcoming Katie Zaleski. Katie, I think this is your first time it is on our podcast. It's, welcome, friend. I know, I'm to excited. Be, you should be excited. It's an exciting time. I, I listen to him, and I'm like, oh, someday, <gasps> someday. Oh, we've made your dream come true. Hashtag life goals. Oh. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about this. Where do you go from here? <laughs> this is it. That's it. This is it. You made it, friend. I've made it. I'm done. Yeah. So no. sorry about that. Yeah, it's cool. Sorry, this is the pinnacle of your life. <laughs> so Katie is here with us to talk about emotional intelligence. And we have some questions uh, that we'll go over with her. And I don't know how much we're doing. We don't have the other part done yet, so yes. <laughs> I don't know. If this, so know you could just, yeah. So I can just do whatever. You could just launch into the questions. So let's dive right in. I'm going to do that again. Okay. So you're not talking over me. <laughs> Shut up, Sue. Because <laughs> that never happens. Right. No. No. Well, usually I'm not talking, so. <laughs> it makes it hard for me to talk over you. <laughs> So let's dive right in uh, with our first question, Katie. What does emotional I can say words. What does mm-hmm. emotional intelligence mean to you? Yeah. So um, I went to a conference on emotional intelligence, and I've seen a couple of webinars. And I love the idea that emotional intelligence is kind of like this fusion of awareness and management of yourself and your surroundings. So not like typical management, but more of like awareness of yourself, awareness of your social settings, and then also management of the things that go on around you and being, you know, being aware and controlling those things. So it's, it sounds like from what you've heard that it's sort of an intensely personal, like it's, it's not, hey, tell people to do this thing. It's about what you internally are doing and being aware yeah, and of being your surroundings. A, and being aware of what they're doing around you too. Um, instead of just kind of that, this is how it's going to be handled. It's, it encompasses if you're aware of how you, how the people around you are feeling, the people around you are working, and being able to, by having awareness, being able to work with all of those people and not just kind of doing your thing in, in the same world, like movements or around with other people. So. so it sort of eliminates the possibility of being able to do the my way or the highway speech from Roadhouse. Right. Entirely. Yeah. Which, like, as a manager, is that a problem? <laughs> you know, um, from a perspective, you, you I mean, as you know, like in HR, out. like, yeah. he, I'm constantly like, how do we, you know, let's empower people, mm-hmm. let's talk to people about career development. And so if I'm telling you 
I really want to empower you, but this is how you're going to do it. This is how That's I will empower you. And you'll do it precisely that way. Yeah. It's two cool. very different conversations, obviously. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I, I feel like personally, like, I can, I'm certainly aware of my own emotions and sometimes pick up on others as well. Um, but it's the whole, like, managing and working through a situation and getting from point A to point B right. that I would say I probably struggle with. Yeah, I think it's that management piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that self-management piece is probably the hardest in all of that if you're looking at, like, self-awareness and social awareness, you know, that I think is something that people get easier. It's the the social management and then really the self-management. Like, are you checking yourself? Are you making sure that you're really engaging with the people around you and, and not just, yeah, I recognize you're upset, but let's move. Let's just yeah, can move we past just, that. Can we just <laughs> talk about that, please? There's no Could you crying suck that in up? baseball. Yeah, right. <laughs> just move past. So let's talk mm-hmm. about... Uh, tell, describe for us. You don't have to use names. Right. Offline, you can maybe tell us. But <laughs> don't. You don't have to use names. Yeah. Tell us about someone that you worked with, someone you worked for, that really had, that you perceived had a low level of emotional intelligence and sort of how that affects, affected you in that situation. Yeah. I think... You know, the person, when I when I saw the questions, I was like, oh, yep, I know that person. And then, you know, I know the next. So, you know, I, I think that the person that had low emotional intelligence really lacked in that area that we were talking about, like that self, like, management piece of it. You know, they could recognize that their team around them was upset or um, they were that person that always said, we've done that before. Like, what's the most costly thing you can ever say is we've tried that before, you know, so we're not going to actually revisit a new idea. Um, and I think that that was that person's favorite line. So they were aware that there were new ideas or other ideas around them. They were aware, like, people on their team were frustrated, but they just didn't care. They were just the, we're going to do it this way. Um, I've tried it that way, you know, 10 years ago and there was no technology to like support the thing that you're trying mm-hmm. to try, whatever that situation may be. And it was super frustrating as an employee, um, as a team member, because you, you know, in one sentence they'd sit down and be like, we really need you to come up with new ideas. And then they're telling you, yeah, no, no to that we idea. That. That yeah. We did that and it didn't work. Or um, I just don't like that idea or I think it's going to take too much time or at that point in time, like maybe too much money was going to be invested up front. And if what was it, what if there wasn't a return on it? And I'm a little bit more of a risk taker. So for me, that was super, um, it, I, it just kind of, I couldn't be creative. I didn't feel like I could come up with ideas. And then I was sat across from the table and mm-hmm. said, Hey, I need you to come up with ideas and think outside the box. That why we have, that's why we have new fresh people in the position. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. I got nothing. Because, you know, you kind of get excited when someone tells you we really want you to share ideas. And then when they're never embraced or never tried, it's definitely disheartening. and Makes it really demotivating. Makes you not really want to do a great job. Right. At all. At all. And it's hard when then you're, you know, sad, well, we, we wanted you to come up with something new, but you didn't this year, so you failed. Like, I guess I did. <laughs> so my bad, my bad. And I'm looking for a new job. So it's fine. You know, you know what I succeeded at? I have a I've, great resume. <laughs> That's what I succeeded at. So 
yeah, that was frustrating for sure. Yeah, that beware. You were working with somebody or observed something that was high-level emotional intelligence. Yeah, this one is, is a really easy... I mean, it's really... This person does the exact opposite of what that person did. You know, they challenge you to come up with any new ideas. They certainly embrace new ideas. Um, and I almost... It's interesting when you work in a room with someone that has high emotional intelligence, even if you're not the person interacting with them, to just watch how they can actually read a room and turn it around or recognize someone's upset or frustrated and really turn it into such a kind of forward moving and positive environment. Um, it's, it, you know, it's kind of awe-inspiring to sit there and watch that and you're like, um, can I, can you teach me how to do that? Like, how do I get there personally, professionally? And so, um, really it's that opposite. You know, you feel empowered. You love coming to work every day. Like, even if you pitch an idea and it doesn't, it maybe isn't the right fit or you go with a different idea that someone else pitched, like everybody's contributing. Um, and you really get that kind of creative and collaborative environment because everybody feels willing to share an idea. And maybe your my idea is, is good, but because I share it in a room with other people, then it becomes exceptional because everybody else feels willing to to pitch in and be like, oh yeah, but what if we did this with that? And then it just kind of grows. And I think it's there's simple things that you can do to start to be have a more emotionally intelligent or be more emotionally intelligent. You know, that's the thing that I loved about that um, conference that I went to. You know, they talked about here's what it is, and it seems kind of like this big, hairy, audacious goal. You know, you're like, can I do this? And they spit out a couple of different ideas, and it's like promoting wellness or promoting fun in the workplace and not these huge, big things, but just little steps that kind of start – changing that culture and that environment you know instead of a coaching session sitting in an office go for a walk and do you know do a meeting mm-hmm. or a coaching session as you're walking outside promoting that wellness and that kind of balance is really critical to emotional intelligence at least from what my understanding is and I think that those are really easy and kind of awesome ideas to implement so we probably should have done this as we were walking can we have done that? Yeah. Ooh. Is that a little it's, wind it's a as lot. it's going? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's a lot to carry. Like <laughs> simulated wind. That was, that was great. Your Foley game is on point, but that was amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Any other thoughts before while we wrap up? Any other specific tips? I know you mentioned, you know, they had some ideas like where where do you start? How do you start down that road of, oh, here's the thing I should learn more about? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that there's there's a lot. It, emotional intelligence, there's a number of books that are out there now, but there's various, I mean, for us as you know, employees here, there's a ton of different webinars and those types of things on emotional intelligence. Some of them are shorter, some of them are longer, and it's it's kind of just getting exposed to it. I think it's a different, I think it's a different way of kind of looking at, um, you know, how do I want to say that? Different way of kind of empowering mm-hmm. everybody to do things. I think, you know, um, like I said, do something fun when you're, you know, in the morning to start your day. One of the other tips was just very, like, spending that time, like, when you're focusing on something, being very deliberate on focusing on what you're doing. So if you're having a conversation with a person, hear, hear them, be in the moment with every person that you're meeting with. Um I think we try to do so many things at once, mm-hmm. and we're like, I'm an excellent, excellent multitasker, but then how many people were you not in the moment with? You know, the other tip that they said was 
designate certain times of a day of the day where you just that's where you do your email. So maybe it's 45 minutes in the morning, 45 minutes in the afternoon, and that's all you do is dedicate so that when you're doing your emails, you're giving whomever you're you know responding to really your full dedication mm-hmm. rather than responding to an email, making a phone call, talking to the person in your office, but with whatever you're doing being present in that moment. Um, and I think that that's something that I'm always having to struggle with because I try to multitask and then mm-hmm. I realize I'm not in the moment with whatever I'm doing. So Well, and I think one thing that you and I have know that we both have in common is that like easy ability to lose that focus yeah. and get distracted. And so that is something that mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that we can both say right. it takes real intentionality, especially when you – when your brain is going a thousand miles a minute and you're thinking about this thing and that thing and the other thing and there's something shiny in the corner, corner. and <laughs> like my jar of glitter in my office that I actually have because I'm distracted so easily yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah for sure <laughs> and I think it's interesting because if you think back about even like this morning you know what have we what have I done today and there was at one point I had like four different things that I wanted to do and all of a sudden I just just do one instead of doing a piece of each one mm-hmm. but that seems to be how I work, um, is do pieces of things, which sometimes is kind of chaotic. and That can be kind of frustrating. It's very frustrating, and right. I think it's that mindfulness, too, is really important when you look at who you work with in your team. So, you know, Sarah is very, like, start a task, finish a task, and move on. And so when we're working together, that mindfulness is important to me because all of a sudden I'll fire, like, six different partial things that – Sarah and and she'll be like, okay, what do you want me to start? Like, what what do you want me to work on? What do we want me to? What's mm-hmm. your first priority? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. What all of them? All <laughs> like what? <laughs> so you know, you you also that's that self management, like being aware of what's going on and mm-hmm. who you're working with, and making sure that like our like craziness or chaos of mm-hmm. work doesn't kind of meld into everybody else's world so but our craziness and chaos is a little bit fun i mean right vince could you please tell us our craziness and chaos fun thank you vince loves meetings with sue and i (laughs) everybody loves meetings with you and i (laughs) it's entertaining it's like a kitten with catnip baby Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hashtag no regrets (laughs) (laughs) well Catherine, we so appreciate you Thanks for having coming me. Coming in being for the first time. For the first time. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. we should do this. We do like to ask people okay. to say out loud that. I think we forgot on our last we time. We did. I think we did last time. So they're also so we are proud that there has not been a lost lost time accident for any guest on our podcast. Right. So can you confirm that you are physically safe and everything has been lovely being I, on our podcast? Yes, physically safe. Everything is lovely, even in the dungeon. <laughs> even in the dungeon. The bunker. The bunker. The bunker. <laughs> yes. I mean, dungeon kind of with the curtains. It's a little dungeony. Bunker also works. But the bunker should have like a stockpile of food. Ooh. We're working on it. <laughs> we could arrange that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I will go with true bunker when we get some like... Meals ready to eat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Canned beans. Yeah. Canned beans. Okay. We'll Process do that. food.
And we're here now with our Chief Experience Officer, Kelly Korth. Kelly, welcome back to the podcast. This is your second time with us, and we are interested to get your take on our topic today. So question number one is tell us about, uh, describe for us what your sort of definition, I can say words, (laughs) so good at it, your definition of emotional intelligence would be. What does it mean to you? Um, I think it's interesting that um, uh, recently we've been starting to hear the term emotional intelligence come up more and more. And, and I'm, I'm really kind of glad to hear that because I think that what it means to me personally is a self-awareness of my emotions. Do I have my emotions in check? Um, being in this business for 30 years, you learn really quickly that you can't knee-jerk. You, you can't just, when you have something happen, you can't just knee-jerk and go rogue. You have to really think things through, and you have to be calm, and, and you have to really um, get your emotions in check. So that's what it means to me personally. But um, more importantly, what I feel like it means is having empathy towards uh, my coworkers and my members. And when they are going through a time, emotional, whatever it, it may be, um, dealing with your finances can be stressful. It can be scary, it can be confusing, and um, we're in this business, um, a lot of us for a long time, we know all the acronyms, we, we talk the talk, we walk the walk, but what we always have to remember is not all of our members do that, and um, they don't know everything that we're talking about, and when something happens, it can be extremely scary, and we, um, I try really hard to put myself in their position because I probably went through the things mm-hmm. that they went through, you know, and, and most of us have, and I think it's extremely important to just really grab onto those experiences, remember what that felt like and really help that that member on a one-on-one um, basis and and treat them with the respect and dignity that they deserve and not judge them and not think they're overreacting because they're not if it's important to them and it's scary to them um, it is important and it is scary and we need mm-hmm. to get them past that and make this a, um, a smooth transition and, and help them out with their issues so um, I'm really glad to see that emotional intelligence is on the forefront because you can have all the skills and intelligence um, working um, wise, but you really have to have that that second layer of, mm-hmm. of um, emotion and, and care for your for your members and coworkers. Yeah, and to your point, it would be really easy after you've been here. Like for example, since you were here since you were five, mm-hmm. five years old is when you started the credit union. Yeah. <laughs> five and a half. <laughs> oh, it was your half birthday, <laughs> and it would be really easy just to like go into a situation and go, oh, this happens all the time. This is no big deal. Be- but it happens all the time because we see thousands and thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of those situations. But for that person, mm-hmm. it's the first time, and it can be really, it can be so much more traumatic than we mm-hmm. can realize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us about a time when you witnessed or experienced maybe a time when uh, someone in your circle mm-hmm. or uh, <laughs> area didn't necessarily have that kind of, like you said, that second level, that second layer, that emotional piece. Hmm. I think um, way back in my early days, there was a... Um, when you were seven? Four, when I was... Seven or eight? Um, I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking back, yeah. Um, Labor laws were different to double at the time. Digits, so, um, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do remember a, a coworker um, of mine that was... Um, extremely intelligent and extremely smart and they were um, they knew everything about everything and, and a kind of a go-to person and um, uh, 
but the the thing that um, was kind of overshadowing that was that they they didn't have real good people skills and they were a very nice person very caring person but I think they struggled to come across that way and I think for those of us that that were around them long enough knew that they deep down were a caring person um, the ones that were maybe new or just you know even our members that maybe only have one or two interactions they didn't get to see that side so it really kind of uh, showed how important it is to perceptions reality and even if you really are a kind soul and you really care you have to figure out how to come across that way and how to be genuine and I'm not mm -hmm. talking about fake oh I really care because I truly feel like our member our employees excuse me do truly care about our mm -hmm. members I am so proud of our staff and the time that they put in we, we put a lot of time into training we put a lot of time and effort um, into making sure they understand um, how our members are to be treated. We have service standards, we have expectations, and um, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's one of the things, that's one of our initiatives for 2018 is to truly look at that and how we can better the member experience. And I think we have to draw off of those um, people that in the past maybe didn't have that connection or that mm -hmm. emotional intelligence that we're talking about. Um, they maybe had it, but they, they didn't come through um, clear enough that it, it was made, they were maybe a little bit put off office where you're just, eh, I don't want to approach them. I don't want to, uh, I feel like they're judging me, you know, mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily the case, but we have to be very conscious of how we are perceived and how we come across to our members and employees and uh, co-workers. And what's great about <clears throat> having that sort of experience, even though like when you're in the moment and you're, you are working with that person and, you know, even especially that point before, you know, this is a person with a warm and wonderful heart. This is a person who cares a lot, uh, where that can be a little tough is that now you can look back right and kind of think <laughs> yeah. oh well those are the things like here are things that person could have done so these are things mm -hmm. that I can tell you know my team I can talk mm -hmm. to people about I can learn from that and say you know I know that that person had you know this wonderful intention and you know really wanted everything to be great for everyone but here are the maybe four or five things that that person could have done and now I can yeah. do that. That's a right? really good point, Sue. I think we always have to look back and, and learn from our experiences and learn from um, our, our, um, our shortcomings and how can we, we can all be better. Every one mm -hmm. of us can always be better at any given time and, and I think there's always that one role model that um, we can kind of look to that nails it all the time. And, um, uh, and we all have that person. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a great point what you said too about, you know, it's not that people don't care. It's not that people don't have emotions, right? But learning to figure out how to portray that to other people. Mm -hmm. It's kind of this like cycle of it just feeds itself, right? As we as we're talking, becoming self-aware and then aware of others, like as we realize more how what we do has an impact on other people, you mm -hmm. know, that better is the interaction. And as we think about how do my actions affect other people, then it forces us to look at, you know, what we're doing. It's kind of this mm -hmm. circular... Yeah, one of the things we talk about, a little off topic, but, you know, is when we're talking to our, our MSRs, our frontline tellers, and, and they're really our backbone. You know, they're the ones that are, are um, building that relationship with their members, and they see them every day. And our expectation is when they walk out, they're happier than when they walked in, um, you know, and, and we really strive for that. We, we really want our MSRs to really care how their day was, mm -hmm. not just say, hey, how was your day, you know, but really care. Listen to our members and hear what they're saying, and if they're having a bad day, do what you can to turn that around 
around and and that's that's so important um uh, we don't want them to be like oh i gotta go to the credit union today we want them to be like oh i get to go to the credit union today. i get to see see my peeps yeah. and and talk to them and, and see their smile and be greeted warmly and and really feel good when i walk out the door so i think it's just um you're, you're right vince i think it's just everyone feeds on it and then that person is that member is going to leave and then they're going to interact when they're at the shoe store with the the clerk and and they're going to pass on their happiness and it's just kind of a you know something that it, it does pay it forward kind of thing you know mm-hmm. where it's like if we can just start that ball rolling and and i always um when i i do talk to the staff um i i I really stress the importance of that first member that walks in usually gets your 100% because that's mm-hmm. a first member, you're fresh. And, but that last member on Friday at 559, you know, they get that same 100%. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes hard to do because they're, they're long days, sometimes they don't mm-hmm. get you know, breaks and, you know, and, and, and but that, that's not an excuse. They always have to get your 100% and that's something that we're really trying to make sure that the staff understands. And, and you have to consciously think about it sometimes. It's like, yeah, they deserve my 100%. They mm-hmm. deserve um, the same exact greeting and, and care that that first member had in the beginning of the day and and um, that's something we're really striving to, to focus on and what's wonderful about bringing that attitude especially you know to those people who are constantly interacting when you're the employee who is bringing hundred percent every single time and making that interaction great that makes your life better mm-hmm. like you you when you walk walk into work thinking, ah, oh, you know, and I have, and you have a cruddy attitude and mm, it ruins your day, even though nothing's gone wrong. But if I you agree. go in, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to give a hundred percent, everything's going to be good. This person's life is going to be great. My life is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Then it makes it, makes your little shoes lighter your life is just better it is it's yeah you know i heard um someone said once that you know um being cranky and and sad or or, that is very exhausting Mm -hmm. and it it really is and (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um so that in itself um i i think that you know the the staff feeds off each other and you're not always going to be on you're not always going to have the best day ever but what i see is maybe the one out of um, 30 employees is having a bad day. I see everybody rallying around that person mm-hmm. and bringing them up versus that other person bringing everyone else down. And and that's what we're trying to, trying to do with our membership is, you know, when we do see someone having a bad day, take that extra time. I've seen, you know, our, our MSRs walk, um, you know, people out to their cars or, or you know, do that. We want to go that extra mile. We're really trying to do those little things that um, matter and um, not because anybody's watching, just because it's the right thing to do, you know, so... Can I tell you? Can I tell you? I'm going to go off script. Yeah. Well, we can. Boom. Here anyway, we go. So yeah. I have to tell you <laughs> I something. To <laughs> Just, I have to tell you something I saw yesterday. <laughs> okay. Because it was so cool. Awesome. So we were over. We were over at Upham mm-hmm. for a meeting, and we were walking out um, <clears throat> to walking out to the car, and one of the newest MSRs is walking in, and she's coming up the sidewalk as we're walking down the sidewalk, and she there is a member. I don't know how long she's been here. A month. I don't even know if she's been here a month. Um, there's a member getting like getting in and leaving in his vehicle on, in the parking lot, and he shouts to her to say hello. And she and she says to him, "Hey, when are you going on vacation? Aren't you going? Aren't you supposed to be on vacation? Oh yeah, you know such and such a day. Oh, that's just eleven days. That's great. I'm so excited for you. And just to watch that, it's like number one." You like she remembered that guy was going on vacation. Mm-hmm. He thought enough about <clears throat> her that he's shouting and crying. It wasn't like they were next to each other; they were across. But the smile uh-huh. on her mm-hmm. face and the mm-hmm. smile on his face as he was mm-hmm. driving away, 
it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love seeing those things. I'll be walking through the lobby and I'll hear um, the MSR say, hey, how's your new gym membership going? Or how are the kids doing? And and um, I love hearing that. I, and um, it, um, and I'm a member too. You know, I, I love that interaction where they, they, they remember. And they yeah, and thank you for bringing that up. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for that extra. And again, not fake, really caring mm-hmm. deep down and, and really wanting our members to, to tell us their stories and let us know what's going on in their lives and, and that type of thing. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. That was free. Thank you for going elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't have to thank me. I do that willy-nilly. Yes. So let, let's move on. Now that we're, fe- we're feeling good and supported, let's move on to our question number three, which mm-hmm. is tell us. We, we've talked a lot about what that can do for people. So tell us, give us an example of someone high level emotional intelligence brings all of those extra layers and flavors and joy into your life. This is actually an extremely easy question to answer. And I feel like if you uh, asked our employees, it would be a resounding same answer. And I'd have to say that we are very blessed and lucky um, to have as our leader and CEO of Simplicity Credit Union, one of the most emotionally intelligent, caring, thoughtful, truly, truly kind people in Pat Wessenberg. Um, she, she is an example every day, every day of how to carry yourself, how to care about people. She has a story herself and she will never forget it and she holds that dear to her. Um, I, I see her doing things all the time that she thinks nobody's seeing and, and she doesn't do it for recognition. She does it because she's a kind soul. And um, when members stop in to um, talk to her, they get her 100% and they get her as long as they need her. And um, she, as the the rest of the the team, takes any member dissatisfaction or, or you know complains very seriously. I mean, there's times where it's it, it you know we all you guys do too you know it's mm-hmm. it, it, it hurts us and and it, it's it's especially um, hard for Pat. I can see that you know mm-hmm. um, when she talks to us, it's just something that's always in the forefront. But she has been my mentor since day one. She hired me 30 years ago. <laughs> I remember the interview. I remember um, talking with her, thinking she's just an amazing person. And first impressions were right. She um, has um, helped me personally um, to grow within the the organization and I've seen her help um, the community members I've seen her help our employees it doesn't matter who you are she's um, very much nobody is better than anybody else and and that is um, how she feels and and she would do anything for anybody and um, easy easiest question you you gave me and um, (laughs) I uh, I'm so proud to to work for her and to say she's our CEO and and um, we're very 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 lucky and to to your point about how seriously she takes member complaints or, you know, those member conversations when you, and I don't know if you have the same experience, but that experience where she brings something to you and says, this thing is happening. Mm -hmm. Like the intensity (laughs) (laughs) that like it makes you Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't know what, I mean, obviously she's, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to take her Mm -hmm. seriously anyway, but the intensity that she brings that to you, Mm -hmm. it's, it is never like, ah, you know, here's just Mm -hmm. this thing. And if if we could just, I have to tell you a thing. So if you could Mm -hmm. act like you care about it, but it's, this thing matters, you're going to figure it out. 
Tell me follow what, up with me. Let me know what Tell you're me what we're going yeah. to do in the future yeah. to make that not yep. happen. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, I think that's so important, and that's how, you know, it's instilled in all of us that it's not acceptable. And we are not ever going to be completely perfect. We're going to make mm-hmm. mistakes. But it, it, it breaks our hearts. We every I can see that in all the employees. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, um, you know, Sue, you've been kind of our voice to answering members' concerns or, you know, and, and I know you take it very seriously, too. And we just want our members to be happy. We want them to love us. And we are working extremely hard to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a lot of technology in the last two years, um, and um, now we're just kind of catching up with it and and really kind of settling in and and trying to make it the best we can make it. And we do understand that there's glitches, and we do understand that um, frustrations are out there. But I just want our members to know that um, our our hearts are in the right place. We want this to be the best place they could Mm -hmm. ever think about going and never want to leave us, and and that is our goal. And um, we're, we're all working together to get to get to that place and and um, we could not have a better leader and example um, than Pat to, to get to get to that end result so I'm so glad you brought it up that way I think one of the things that is so important for us to remind each other for us to remind you know the people outside our team are you know we are people we are we work every day in the best interest of the people we're serving and we are human we make mistakes and we're never what we're not going to do is go meh mm-hmm. but did you know it's not a big deal mm-hmm. it's we, we take it so seriously Absolutely. and it yeah and if i i sometimes think that if people understood i'm actually tearing up right now <laughs> it is emotional it really if, is if yeah. people understood mm-hmm. how deeply yep. we take that I, mm-hmm. I think that especially when we're talking about surveys where people can sort of be anonymous or Mm -hmm. online people think Mm -hmm. well I'm just going to say this and Mm -hmm. I just want to get it off my chest Mm -hmm. if they knew there was a human on Mm -hmm. the other end Mm -hmm. that had to take that and emotionally Mm -hmm. and carry it on our shoulders deal with it right Mm -hmm. and feel like ah you know the my friends that I work with and I screwed this up it's just I don't know we take it so seriously yeah I would agree. Okay, I'm gonna get. I'm getting myself together now. But that just Sorry. shows. But you're. That's that's so. You are an emotionally intelligent. But you know, <laughs> you, um, I think um, it is. It's it's just it's it's the true message that it breaks our heart. And if there's anything that you know we really want to um, have our members understand is it might not. You might not see it, but behind the scenes, I promise, we are working as hard as we can to fix these issues. And every every survey we get back, we read. Every survey, um, every um, uh, message or notification, or we read and we escalate and we do what we need. Every single one. We do mm-hmm. not, it doesn't matter how small the member might think it is, I guarantee you there's eyes on it. And we, when we do what we need to do to do whatever we can to make it better. And um, when we can't fix it overnight, that's when we just, uh, you know, it's hard. I was like, I can't read it before I go to sleep because I, can't, I want to fix it now, you know. Right. So, um, but um, I, I, I'm so proud of the staff and, and this organization because, you know, um, that's so sweet that you're emotional about it because I can't even do it. It's just like we all have that feeling of we need to, to do this and we need to band together. And, and um, I said it in the beginning, it doesn't happen overnight. And um, I appreciate our members being patient with us and I think that for the most part our members know that um, we really do care and they um, are amazing we have the best members ever <laughs> we really do <laughs> I I, uh, I love just bopping through the lobby and talking to members and I, I'm just it, it just makes me happy it makes me happy to see them it makes me happy to see them happy and mm-hmm. and um, but our goal is to get them happier they are not happy enough we need them, <laughs> we need them happier so but, uh, yeah 
Well, thank you, Kelly, for oh, joining us. We super appreciate it. Um, you won't know this from uh, the way Kelly was talking, but she was super nervous beforehand. <laughs> and she did yeah. such a great she job. She crushed it. Yeah. So thank well, you. Well done. Thank you. I'm um, thinking three-peat now. She's made oh, it twice. Ooh, I think she yes. definitely needs to come for the three-peat. Hat <laughs> trick. Oh, Hat right, trick. So. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I always love talking about our members. So. <laughs> Thanks. Bam. Bam. Magical editing. Okay. Those were really, truly interesting discussions that we had. It was interesting to have two different people at two different times come in, sort of have the same thoughts and understandings of it, and then to know really that the that we have people who are interested in doing it right on the team. For sure. For sure. So we have a little additional information. Those They had... Everything that you need to know about the personal experience with emotional intelligence. So we will bring you some other info. That was not a helpful way to describe <laughs> what we're doing. Here's more stuff, you guys. Yeah, yeah. So we have it. Just stuff. Just, Just stuff. more of it. Good stuff. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> what people don't realize, that was what we were going to name the podcast originally. Good stuff. Here it is. <laughs> but we, we decided to go a little more specific. So we have a definition of emotional intelligence that fortuitously... I, Ooh, that's a big word. That is just a big word, right? A word which here means a word is. Sue. It was very fortunate ah. that fortuitously. Okay. Yes. Um, you could have just said fortunately. I could have. <laughs> I could have. Now I want you to bring your emotional intelligence to this conversation right now and understand how I am feeling <laughs> about you calling me out of my. I'm big well word. aware of how you're feeling. <laughs> Fortunately for you, <laughs> I do not hide how I am feeling where you have to use any level of emotional <laughs> intelligence <laughs> to suss it out fortuitously. Uh, I just happened to get some information. An, an email list that I follow is um, by the author Mike Robbins, and he, he has some really nice motivational um, writing that he does. His most recent book is called Bring Your Whole Self to Work. And he, in his weekly email blast, it just happened, he was covering emotional intelligence, which is one of the components of that book. So there was a really nice, succinct definition, and here comes. Emotional intelligence, or EQ, like IQ, only EQ, has Where does the Q come from? It doesn't. <laughs> it does not. It Kay. is just there. EQ okay, has two primary components and two different aspects within each. The first component has to do with us, self-awareness and self-management. The second has to do with others, social awareness and relationship management. Understanding and developing these skills are essential to our success at work and in life. Boom. That's knowledge. Perfect. <laughs> and that really kind of wraps, that ties a nice bow on the interviews that we had as well. Both those, you know, that self-awareness and and social awareness and relationship management, right? There's kind of four parts to right. it. So, excellent. Uh, next up on our little script, little agenda little sheet that we have in front of us um, is an article. But before we get into that, 
I'm going to go off script. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Sue has taken a, what was it, six week? I looked back and it was actually eight weeks. But eight week. Wow. But who's counting? But who's counting? Nobody. <laughs> eight week course on the platform Coursera. We'll mm-hmm. link to that below. Or wherever the links are associated. Yeah, somewhere, to this. somewhere. There will be links. <laughs> they will be close somewhere. Yes, right. we'll link out to that. But a an eight week course on emotional intelligence. Yes. So, tell me a little bit about that. What are what are some big, high level things that you remember that you took away from that? What was what was the course like and your takeaways? Thank you for putting me on the spot. <laughs> You're so welcome. Yes. So specifically, the course was around emotional intelligence and how it re- relates to leadership. And the very the very first thing I remember, sort of the baseline of how the professor starts out the course, is picturing because it is interjecting. Yes, Coursera is you. Law, you do college courses. Col- you can audit college level courses on yeah. Coursera. Okay. So, and Coursera for those of you at home. Um, and again, we're going to link out to this, and you can audit these courses for free, which is absolutely awesome. And Coursera is what they call a MOOC, which is a massive online, massive open online classroom. So okay. it ha- they have tons and tons of courses. Some of them are business courses, but there are other things too. So. Um, hashtag not an ad. Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, so the professor for the course uh, starts out by sort of setting the scene where you as a leader are walking into just your daily life in the office and paints this picture of you walking in feeling grumpy and cruddy and how that sort of affects the people that without, you don't have to say anything, you don't have to turn to the people you work with and say, I'm having a crappy day because you exude that mm-hmm. when, you, when you walk in with that attitude. And he go, sort of walked through how that affects the room and how it affects the people that you're working with. And then flip that script to you walking in intentionally with that feeling of, you know, I am having a crappy day, but I know that I will be, I will bring this big black tide of yuck if I come in with that crappy day and everyone around me will feel it. So intentionally bringing your best self and your, you know, your positive attitude and letting that sort of infect the people around you instead. So it, it just, it, for me, it was just such a vivid picture where I could almost see that's, you know, either the darkness or the light sort of spreading to a group of people. And it and it's a profound thought that you don't you don't need to you don't need words to bring people down. You don't need words to bring people up. You just do what your thing is. You have your emotions. And if you're not mindful of them if you're not um, cultivating them to be the best that they can be, you are unintentionally affecting the people around you. Mm-hmm. So That makes me think of, I saw just the other day a quote um, from Bill Bowerman, who's the guy that founded Nike, co-founded Nike. Um, he just did that? 
Just just recently. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's this new thing. <laughs> it's a new thing, Nike. Haven't heard of them. Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm sure I'm you know I'm late to the party with you know I'm sure this is a super famous quote, but it was the first time that I heard it, and he, what he said was or used to say was, uh, "If you have a body, you're an athlete." Right. So that makes me think of like applied to this, like like you said, you use the word leader, but I think. People think like, oh, maybe, you know, I'm not a leader. But like, mm-hmm. if you are in a place with other people, you're going to be a leader. Right. And can be a leader and can have, you will have that toll on people one way or another. Well, and I think if anyone, you and I are, can be experts on what that's like to be in a confined space with people. <laughs> right? Yeah. And how your attitude can affect the whole room of people. Mm-hmm. So, is this coming out before or after our interview with Jen and Sarah? <laughs> this is after our interview with okay, Jen and so Sarah. So people will have heard. So people will already know. But even going back further, yep. Um, one of the environments Vince and I worked in together was in a group. Of, how many were the were there in the one room? Seven. Yeah, two, four, yeah, Now we have seven. to do math. So yes. seven, seven of us in one room in a cubicle situation in our gopher den. Um, and you could literally be emotionally affected by the person in the cubicle across the room if their attitude was sort of dark and gross. Oh, yeah. They would not have to say anything. No and the whole room's attitude was different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, just this almost tangible right. thing in right. the air. So that does, whether you, whether you are an intentional leader where you're, you know, in a supervisory position, and so you do, I, mean, I think you have to be more, even more mindful, but... Even if you're not that, if you're just around people, <laughs> you can, especially if you're someone. Which will be the vast majority of us. Yeah, most of us are around people. <laughs> um, especially if you are someone, and Vince, I don't know if you know anyone like this, but if you are someone who sort of wears their emotions on their sleeve, someone who is expressive. Mm. Are you familiar with no. people expressive with Can't their emotions? I haven't met anyone like that. Huh. I, I know a couple people. <laughs> I'll introduce you around. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I would personally suggest, even if you're not a supervisor, even if you're never going to be a supervisor, this course, which we, as we said, we'll link off to, is was really eye-opening for me and goes into all the very granular aspects of what is emotional intelligence, how can you affect it, what are the things you know, at a pretty granular level that you can do that are practical sort of strategies. Mm-hmm. To what were maybe one or two of those that <laughs> <she's> <laughs> you're looking the, at me? You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I'm asking you to dig deep. Mm-hmm. We're and digging back way into the folds of my brain. I'm going deep into my mind palace right now. <laughs> And I am, mm-hmm, yup. I am coming up with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, so the big broad strokes are the intentionality. Mm-hmm. That is what I can tell you. Okay. To say that it does take, 
I think something, and, and maybe this has come up in conversations we've had about other things before, but the ease at with which you can not be thinking about something because you're focused on a task or you're focused on a deadline and let the worst of things sort of come out in you um, really means that intentionality in what you're doing, being in the moment, being very present in the moment. And both Kelly and Katie brought up that, you know, being present with the person that you're with and having relational intelligence too is important. So that was a big takeaway of pausing yourself, not letting the grossness, these are very technical terms, I'm using the grossness, <laughs> <laughs> sort of steamroll you and um, using intentionality. I think the really difficult part in, in all of that too is the everydayness of mm-hmm. the whole situation, right? Like we, there's three of us in a room every single day where it's like your second family mm-hmm. where it is very easy, especially when you've been working together for a long period of time to not be intentional and to just mm-hmm. let the course of whatever your moods and emotions are for the day kind of run wild, I guess. Um, but, you know, and I think especially that, that first, you know, how you come in in the morning, mm-hmm. um, it's real easy to just let your guard be down and, oh, well, you know, like with your regular family, like these people know me, it's right. just whatever, having, but to remember like, yes, they know you, you work closely with them all the time, but it's still your coworkers and you're still expected to bring a level of. Right. To bring your best. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. And, you know, a thing that Kelly brought up in her, our interview with her is, you know, talking about how those frontline people are you know, you have to bring your 100% every single time from the first member you see on a Monday to the last member you see on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And I think what is so interesting about that to me is that, you know, we don't, we have a lot of people on the team and a lot of people on a lot of teams aren't that frontline people facing. So you don't think about, I have, on Monday morning, I have to bring it. On the end of the day, Friday, I still have to be bringing that same level of awesome. Mm-hmm. because it feels so comfortable. And I think there's that aspect, too, of that sort of misery loves company feeling. Like, if you come in and you're just with your team, mm-hmm. hopefully you're not going to do that if you're a frontline person, but um, not that I haven't seen that before. Uh, if you're just with your team and you feel cruddy, you sort of want to be surrounded in your cruddiness and have people empathize with that rather than um, at the article that we're about to talk about one of the points they it makes is feel the emotion sort of i'm not directly quoting it this is what i remember this is what i heard in my head as i was reading <laughs> it feel the emotion let it let it roll through you but then be mindful of how you handle that emotion so you can feel cruddy everybody is allowed to feel however they feel mm-hmm. and you can feel it and experience it not pretend it's not something it isn't but it's about how you manage it. Yeah, and I think this is one of your, uh, I'm gonna talk, say nice things about you while it's recording. It's, it's nice that we finally are recording because <laughs> I know how great I am and how much you love me. Right, <laughs> but I think this is one of your superpowers, right? Where it's that whole difference between empathy and sympathy. So if I'm 
having a cruddy day and I'm, you know, say, telling you, oh, you know, this happened or whatever, um, here's the situation where I'm not happy about it. You know, you acknowledge that, yeah, that sucks. Okay, now what are you, either what are you going to do about it or let's move on. <laughs> that sounds really confrontational the way that you say that. <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? What are we going to do, huh? <laughs> right, but what I think what people often want in that situation, and what can be frustrating because it's what I want in that situation is not to be, right, not to just have you be like, yeah, that that is what it is and how are we going to move on with our lives? Like you want you want that person to sink in and mm-hmm. move beyond empathy to sympathize with you and to feel that same emotion that you're feeling. You want them to bring the black balloons to the pity party. Yes. And just really dwell on that with you. Right. Yeah. But that's not helpful or productive. Right. Um, so as frustrating as it can be in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so now you managed to backhand the compliment. So <laughs> so that was cool. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So let's talk about that article. Let's, let's, let's talk, talk about, about that. I'm going to pull it up here. Mag- magical technology is about to. Yes, I'm in airplane mode so I don't get interrupted. That's good. So also we like to pretend we're on an airplane. So. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes we just put our phones in airplane mode <laughs> so we can feel like we're going fly somewhere. around the office. <laughs> okay, this is an article specifically from HubSpot. Um, they are I follow them quite a bit. Um, I'm on their marketing email list, so uh, a lot of great stuff specifically to our field. But this one in general is it. It applies more generally than just marketing, is what I'm trying to say. Um, we'll drop the link, again, wherever the links are, in relation Somewhere. to the podcast. Uh, but it's titled, Nine Ways to Become More Emotionally Intelligent. So what we wanted to do is just bring some bring some of those kind of tangible, actionable items to, okay, here's this thing. How do, how do we incorporate that into our day-to-day? Because it would feel kind of sad if we said y'all should be more emotionally intelligent and then just left it there <laughs> right like, get that see ya. If you could figure that out <laughs> okay bye have fun <laughs> yes so i'm gonna re i'll go through the points and we'll just do kind of a running commentary of the article they start out by kind of those same four categories that we talked about right so there's just once again it's that self think Internal and external, and both have two components. It's Mm -hmm. awareness and management of it. So self-awareness and self-management of your emotions, and Mm -hmm. then social awareness, that external Mm -hmm. awareness of how people are feeling, being able to read how they're feeling, and then the second part of that, being able to manage that. Right. So the four different areas. Uh, So tip number one is to observe your own emotional tendencies. So uh, this one I thought was really interesting because what, what they say is, you know, just really pay attention to how you feel. Okay, this happened. And really get granular about this thing happened. How did it make me feel? Mm-hmm. And when I was in college, um, I, I've gotten better, I think. 
But as Sue knows, but as our listeners, you probably don't know, um, me as a human being, I... <laughs> One thing that I've always struggled with is expressing my emotions, right? I have emotions, sure, but they are just way deep down. Um, and They're nicely packed down when nobody can be aware of that. <laughs> right. Because it's easier to make things explode when you tamp them down very thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what can happen, of course. Um, so without going into you know, the entire backstory of Vince. Uh, just that is how I am as a human. Um, don't like to talk about my emotions or really. And so when I was in college and going through a psychology class, I took the opportunity to sit down with the professor and really talk about that. And because I wanted to, I knew that it wasn't the healthiest thing. So, but I, part of it was I didn't know how to express that, right? And so, he, and this it basically is exactly what he was saying, like the biggest takeaway, I mean, like a good psychology session was, it was basically me talking the whole time and then he just had a little bit to add at the end. Um, but what he said was just, and he's, he suggested going so far as to write it down, right? Here's the things that happened to me throughout the, and not like, I put my socks on in the morning, right? Unless that was a major emotional moment for you. But <laughs> <laughs> the things that happen, the highlights and lowlights of your day, what were those things, right, just as the event, and then pair that with what was your emotion with it, and really just to start to build that awareness. And it wasn't, it wasn't saying, oh, this was it was good that I, and we're going to get to that in the article too. That's actually the next point. Um, don't say, oh, this was good that I felt that way. Oh, this was bad that I felt that way. Just what was the emotion? Mm -hmm. So know that you have emotions. Right. And let yourself feel them. Right. And even, you know, nobody ever has to see that. Just figure out what mm -hmm. that and put word to it mm -hmm. and, you know, accurately describe that emotion. I think it's so interesting that you say that. And as, not that I'm not listening to you, <laughs> I am listening I to you. I know how your brain works. Yes. So what my brain is doing is I'm self-analyzing right now and thinking about the fact that even people who express are very expressive, where you probably would tell people, like, if you had to compare and contrast the two of us, like, I don't, you don't express emotion. I do express emotion. What's interesting about it is that I think you'll find it is not always clear to me what emotion I'm actually feeling as I'm expressing it, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's common in humans where things like um, hurt and betrayal and some of those more squishy emotions get expressed by people who are expressive in emotions as anger. Right? Sure. Or frustration instead of, you know, this thing happened and now I'm going to express anger over it. But in reality, I feel fear and betrayal and hurt. So, right. Yeah. Yes. So that exercise you're talking about actually sounds like something even for people who seem to be very expressive but are not necessarily very keyed into what that emotion is. Mm -hmm. That makes me think of, uh, and she has told this story 
many times. So I know that it's okay. My wife, when she was younger, you know, on, on the child level, that was the thing that she had struggled with that, right? What, instead of just feeling sad, it would come out as anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there was a point where she had an older sister who was moving out and she stood in, <laughs> she stood in the doorway and yelled out the doorway, starve, Don, starve. <laughs> I hope you never come back. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Right? But it was well, it, it's that whole like figure out what what the emotion behind the emotion is. Mm-hmm. Um, and part, I think anger particularly is complex because it's it never right it, it's one of those ones that it's never just anger. there's always something behind right, it that's creating it mm-hmm. right right. And another thing you were saying too that um, I think you specifically were saying that you don't you may be expressing that, but not processing it. And I think that's because as introverts, right, we, not that an introvert can't be a verbal processor, but we, neither of us aren't. We're mm-hmm. not verbal processors. So even though right. you're saying it, that doesn't mean you're internalizing, in processing mm-hmm. that. So particularly as introverts, to all our introverted listeners out there, <laughs> An exercise like this, you know, when you once you're removed from the situation, have mm-hmm. time to think through that, download it, work through it, could be helpful. That sounds like an app to me. It sounds like an absolutely delightful exercise. I'm sure not everyone would feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. It. I do find it. It is easier to think through that after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, you know, if it's um, once I've once my little blip of emotion has <laughs> once settled you have down that a little bit, little tiny emotion. <laughs> Beep. Oh, it was an emotion, so cute and tiny. <laughs> okay, we're blazing through this article. Yes, number we two, really are. Uh, number two, just don't judge yourself. So again, like when you're when you're analyzing that, don't describe. Okay, that was good. That mm-hmm. was bad. Um, it's not to say that that wasn't good or wasn't bad, but when you're in that, when you're at the point where you're just trying to figure it all mm-hmm. out, just save that for later, right? Um, and just well, I think the the big broad idea behind that is, if you feel something, it can never be either good or bad. It can only be. And it's then, it's if you feel anger and then act out, or you feel betrayal and act out, that's when feeling those emotions can, you know, can start. It's the action that you do, mm-hmm. not the feeling. You just, we are just built to do, feel a thing. So I think it's always, you need to come at it from, Non, a feeling of non-judgment, hashtag no judgment. <laughs> <laughs> that perfectly leads into point number three, which is learn to control your negative emotions. And the whole idea on this point is exactly that. It's deciding how what you're going to do with it, mm-hmm. right? And that is very much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, be, because, well, not the only reason, but certainly a reason is it's in those moments when emotions are running high, that it is the easiest thing to do is to just let yourself go and do whatever. Right. So to bring intentionality into that moment, Mm -hmm. (sighs) mind-blowing. 
Okay. And that this that was you you brought up that point too. It's you know, under that point that they say you know kind of experience it, let it run its course, and then decide make a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. How am I going to decide? How am I going to act in response to that? Okay, number four, learn to express difficult emotions when necessary and appropriate. So, particularly in the workplace, mm-hmm. <laughs> but part the whole part of being emotionally intelligent is figuring out when is it okay to share how I'm feeling and when is it not. Mm-hmm. So, and I think what what makes that so important in the workplace is really that that gives us this other way that we can break down barriers. So it's really, I mean, I don't want people to get the impression that it's all a big gross bag of negativity, but the time when it's hard to express difficult emotions are when you're feeling hurt, when there's hurt involving a coworker, right? And um, because it's not difficult to say, hey, I really appreciate the thing you did. It's more difficult to say, <laughs> right. when you do this thing, here's, you know, here's what happens, here's, what, here's how that affects me. Um, and I think that it happens in personal relationships, but it's much easier in the workplace where you're trying to build this wall of professionalism. It's very easy to say, like, that person is, like, these are friends and these are enemies, right? Mm -hmm. And not sort of deal with what is that person, what are their motivations, what's the strategy, and not go to that person and say, hey, when when these things happen, here's what that, you know, here's how... I'm reacting. It's <laughs> the language is so important because you can't say when you do that it makes me feel this way. People don't right. make you feel that way. Right. You this is the emotion I experience when you do that. And then when you can level set that way, particularly in a collaborative culture, you know, what that person can do is make a decision, you know, does it matter to them that your emotion comes up whatever it is? And does that make them want to do something else? And then our challenge as we collaborate is to decide if I go to you and say, hey, when you do that thing, this is the emotion that brings up in me. Here's how that affects our collaboration. And you go, yeah, well, I don't care. I have to decide, okay, I spoke my truth. I did my thing. He's making his decision. I'm making my decision. And we have to move forward with it. Mm-hmm. A couple things. We really the- don't fight this much, you guys. We <laughs> Super well. <laughs> Swimmingly. <laughs> uh, a couple of things that the article points out, too, is that in particularly those difficult moments can be uh, disagreeing without being disagreeable. And that's a mm-hmm. super fine distinction. Right. Um, and saying no without feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. And I think to your point, it is, it's really easy to, especially, again, we have these personal relations, right, with coworkers, like they're your friends and, you know, you you are coworkers, but you also are humans too. And so you want people to like you and all mm-hmm. that. So it can be easy to, especially in a situation where somebody disagrees with you, it is super easy to take that to an emotional level mm-hmm. and to a super personal level, like, oh, so you don't like me, you're not my friend anymore, right? Like, right. But there's this whole 
separation there should be this whole separation like okay this is a business thing right and i'm not doing this because i don't like you we just have a difference of opinion and how things should be done mm-hmm. or in this situation yeah that and all, it's really, that all sounds super ideal it's <laughs> really easy to dig in your heels mm-hmm. right when and it can really affect workflow and productivity when you start to feel like, well, this person has brought a personal level to this thing. So they just don't like this thing because they don't like me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to dig in my heels because they're wrong. And it, it just, it destroys culture really, really quickly when you start doing that. Not that I know anything about digging my heels in. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Number five. Take a genuine interest in what people are saying. Huh? What? (laughs) Thank you. Case in point. Uh, (laughs) uh, Be an active listener. So really, really, this is, again, it's all very relevant. It's Uh, all relevant. I think this, what really turned the light bulb on this one for me was actually reading reading a book. Uh, If you have heard of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, like the whole, if I had to sum up the whole bent of that book, it's listen to people, be interested in what they're interested in, and like have, bring zero of yourself to a conversation, right? Um, And not that, that, that's a little extreme, but the point being, like, if you, in a conversation or whatever, if you're super focused on that person and just keep asking them questions and, mm-hmm. right, they are, gonna, <clears throat> they are going to like you more and want to be your friend because you're, it makes them feel super great about that fact that you're listening to them. Right. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily about not bringing yourself to it. It's about not bringing your own agenda to it. Right. And, yeah, and, like, eventually, probably, they will ask you about you. Right. But even in that, like, it's always kind of, you know, deflect, you know, offer a little bit about yourself, but just keep driving in Mm -hmm. to them. So, very interesting. Very interesting. Yes. Which also brings up a good point. Uh, Number six, ask relevant questions. So, this is... Conversationally, this has always been something that I have been, what's the word I'm looking for? It has been good for me to work on. (laughs) Has not always been my strong suit. An opportunity for growth. An opportunity for growth, yes. Not just going to say, I stink at this. (laughs) (laughs) But, and it's part of that whole act of listening, right? So Mm -hmm. listen to what people are saying, find something to key in on and just explore that. Right. More. And that, you know, the thing about all of that, the active listening and really digging into those conversations, I think as a general, there are some people that are very good at small talk. Mm-hmm. I am not somebody who's very good no. at small talk. No, and not me either. I, oh, heavens, I would like to be. I would like to be able to, you know, go to a work function and be able to communicate on that. And I, 
<laughs> I have like a, I have a um, finite amount of time I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just, and then I end up just staring at this new person that I've met, <laughs> and and then and then I say, well, and then I walk away. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to actively listen and to you know engage intentionally without thinking about like, here is the thing ooh I hope they bring up this thing because I have this other story or sure. ooh I have all of these things so I'm going to try and turn the conversation so I can talk about me is it's so powerful to the other person to you know get that genuine interest yeah that brings up a great point like I don't remember what the number is but it's super high we'll say 80% or more now we're just making up numbers yeah. but we've agreed this is on the internet things you find on the, on the internet are unassailable. <laughs> Must it's be true. true. It's true. Yes. Science. So I remember reading, you know, a statistic at one point, but there is a super high percentage of the time, right, that we're in a conversation, but we're not thinking about what that person is saying. What mm-hmm. we're thinking about is what's the next thing that I can say. Right. right. So, yeah. So if you can let go of that and rather than thinking it this again all super ideal rather than Mm -hmm. thinking about what's the next thing i can say listen to what they're saying look for those look for how to continue the conversation from what they're saying right rather than just the next clever witty thing that you can say and as you well know this is this is the thing you personally have experienced me being very good at and very bad. <laughs> it's it's an inter, it's interesting. When you're keyed in, you're super keyed in. I have to. I bring. I I know I have to bring a whole different level just because of the way my brain works. I have to bring a different level of intentionality. I think than other people do. I just to keep. I have to stay very deliberately keyed in um, because it's really easy for my brain to go and. I actually have I have received coaching feedback from a former supervisor who did a whole section of like my coaching session where you know this is your great strength really being able to attend you know and being 100% in a conversation and I don't know how you do it like she was giving me all this praise and you know and I really struggle with it is what she was telling me and I and it number one it surprised me to get that as feedback but then I was able to say, oh, you told, if I can do it, you totally can do it. Because it is hard work. And it, it's something, if I lose sight of it for a second, I'm like, I'm thinking about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm picturing the trolley in my head now. It just, some people have an easier time with this. And I just am not that human. Sure. Cheers. That's who I am. <laughs> All right. Next. Moving on. We're mm-hmm. getting there. Um, I'm going to pull another number out of the air on this one, but number seven <laughs> is pay attention to body language. And do they give me a number? No. No. Okay. Again. This Wait, can, one, I, can I do that? I'll give you a number. Okay. 90%. Ooh, close. Aww. This one, I'm going to pull the 80-20 rule on. Oh, okay. That... So this is really speaking to nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
And this this is the whole kind of that external piece, right? Just being aware, reading a room, like what what are people feeling in the situation? And so much of that is just looking at their body language and what mm-hmm. are what are they what's the word I'm looking for? Projecting mm-hmm. that people are giving you clues as to how they're feeling. Right. Um, and the number I, that I want to pull out of the air is the 80-20, so 20% of communication is verbal, 80% is non-verbal. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would agree that it's something like that. Yeah, it's at least in the neighborhood. It's, that. Yeah, yeah, it's a big difference. We know that much. And I think we plan, so I don't want to go too far down this road. I think we already plan to talk about introverts versus extroverts in a future podcast. Oh, yeah. But this, if we didn't, we do now. <laughs> exactly. But this, when you talk about being able to read a room, that is one of the things that even though people think like extrovert maybe is the golden standard, you know, this is the person that can stand in front of a group of people. This is a person that can walk into business function and, you know, be very charming and charismatic. The thing that introverts have, one of their strengths, one of our strengths, is just being being able to be in a room and be a sponge for all of that. So mm-hmm. reading without, sometimes we put intentionality behind it, but we also sort of, you know, the micro gestures and micro expressions were just more keyed into just because of our, the way our brains work. Right. So that kind of processing and assessing a situation, mm-hmm. right? Because not to get, again, not to go too far down the trail, introverts versus extroverts, but introverts tend to figure out, like, it's not that we don't have contribution. We're, we have things to say, but mm-hmm. it's, it's all this layers and layers of assessment and figuring out right. when's the best time to say that. So the whole assessing, and for me personally, too, um, I've certainly... Uh, have grown in like figure like being able to read people and figuring out the assessing a situation and that's really one of our strengths is just look around the room what are people feeling mm-hmm. and so for me the struggle is that second part of it right to move beyond just seeing the environment around me and move into managing that right. and I think that's what you know as you said people see maybe a an extrovert that's charming and charismatic like that seems to be this superhuman ability to mm-hmm. just manage all of mm-hmm. that right so so if we if we could just find like a Batman Robin situation where we have an extrovert <laughs> that we follow around and we can whisper in their ear and be like, listen, this person is feeling that way. <laughs> right? Like, put a hand on their shoulder. They would love that. <laughs> Ooh, say something like this. Say something like that. And yeah. they just do it. They do it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's certainly not to say that somebody who is an extrovert is not assessing the situation, right? Right, that, right. But but we could really bring them a whole other level. <laughs> Spreadsheets and if they would just, data. <laughs> yeah, there, would be, there would be charts. <laughs> you just need to say hello to the person. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be Flip like, chart. We, here's the reason we cannot say hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Getting there. Two more. Number eight. 
take responsibility for your actions. That, um, I'm going to stop you there <laughs> and tell you that that does not sound fun. It's scary. That is, ooh, but, Vince, mm-hmm. that is a Marie Winters special. Ah. Uh, that is something that I maybe heard. For our listeners who may not know. That's my mother. <laughs> I maybe heard that, I don't know, from the first formative memories until sometime last week. <laughs> my mother saying you are responsible for your own actions mm-hmm. so and specifically what what the article is referring to here is we are you should always take responsibility for your actions <laughs> in everything specifically related to the topic at hand is that in that managing piece right mm-hmm. so Again, not to focus on the negative, but if you, say, hurt someone's feelings, ooh, made a mistake in managing all of this, mm-hmm. own up to it, right? ask for forgiveness, move on. And people will respect that a whole lot more. As opposed to saying, well, I didn't mean that. Right. I don't know why you're taking that that way. Stop it. Right. Okay. Or, I'm taking that a step further, you... That's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> That's all on you. Right. You're all over there with those messy feelings. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. So many... Mm, well, I'll refrain from jumping down into personal stories on that one. Okay. <laughs> we, are, we are already well <laughs> past the time that we probably thought this was going to take, but hopefully you guys find this helpful. Let us know. Or don't. Either way. <laughs> We're going to assume, if we don't hear from you, that you didn't find it destructive. Right. And if we hear from you, it will be positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number nine, and this ties back into, well, okay, let me just read it first. Number read nine, it. practice open-mindedness. And I think this one really ties back to that whole active listening mm-hmm. part, right? And... Two, so here's the big thing on this one, is not just listen to somebody. And this is the thing that I've, and that really goes back to that book I was referencing. Um, This was kind of one of the points as well. It's not just listen to the person, right? But, you know, in this practice open-mindedness, like before you respond, try to figure out not only what they're feeling, because they'll probably tell you what they're feeling, right? But mm-hmm. try to figure out why they're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, which is, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, super scary, super hard sometimes, particularly for me as an introvert. But if you can, if you can get to that place where you have. And you may be wrong, but you're at least trying to figure out what someone's feeling and why they're feeling that way. It doesn't mean that you agree with them. It doesn't mean that, if you know, looking back at that, you you would say that they're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you can at least hear them out and understand where they're coming from, the whole conversation is going to be a whole lot more productive. Right. Um, I think, did I mention my college professor in the last episode? 
Probably. Probably. It bears repeating. You'd like to, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to insult you, but you'd like to bring up that you've been to college. <laughs> wow. And I don't know. It feels like a humble so brag. So have you. So. It feels like a humble brag I don't know what I'm bragging me. about. <laughs> but. Just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, By all means. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> I'm feeling very judged right now. Okay. Okay. Is it the way I'm looking at you in a judgmental tone? <laughs> yes. Okay. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay, where was I going? Your yes. college professor. Yes, who was also head of the department, would always say, because he would get lots of ideas from students mm-hmm. and other staff people, that it, even if the answer was no, which a lot of times it was, because he could only he had a finite number of resources and could only do so much, people would be much more open and receptive to whatever he had to say, especially if it was no, if he at least heard them out and mm-hmm. understood where they're coming from and why they want to do it. Right. Right. So, blah, case blah. in point. Yes. So that, you know, that nicely circles back to that idea that there are two primary components with two different aspects of emotional intelligence. And if we summed everything up, it would sort of be, be aware you have emotions, and be aware what they are. Be aware other people have emotions. Try and be aware what they are and then mm-hmm. manage all of that. Right. Right. And I guess that is a good point. Like if you in figuring out, so on the external side of things, as you're trying to figure out what somebody else is feeling, right? That whole figure out not only what they're feeling, but why, mm-hmm. like in that process that's going to put you in much more of a position to be able to manage all of that. Because if you can, and not that I recommend saying, oh, I understand how you feel, because that seems really careless. Yeah. Because the person likely is, you know, unless, I mean, there are certain situations where you could be, I have experienced that already, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times that can be used as a kind of false sympathy, like, oh, yeah, I understand. Like, no, no, you really don't understand. Right. But rather, if you can walk that path of figuring out what they're feeling, trying to understand why they're feeling it, right? And Yeah, this is what you're feeling, and I can see that because Mm -hmm. of this and this and this. Suddenly, you're going to be in this position to be able to speak into that, or whether it's related to that or not, right? You're going to be in much more of a position to have them listen to whatever it is that you're about to say mm-hmm. because they feel understood. That, right. That's really what people want is just to feel like somebody understands them. Right. And that 100% what you're saying is, you know, achievable by sort of keying into what you think a person's emotion is, being able to have empathy, and then giving them space to respond to your empathy. So to say, you know, it, it sounds like you're really frustrated by that and then being open to and not scared by the fact that they might say, no, I'm not frustrated. You know, right now I'm feeling whatever, overwhelmed mm-hmm. or hurt, whatever it is that is not what you thought it was. Mm-hmm. And to not shut down and be like, oh, I picked the wrong thing and I'm dumb. Right. To say, oh, I'm so glad you told me that because I can respond, you know, in a, in a different and more mindful way now. Mm-hmm. And to be being open to the fact that also if you're having 
trouble determining, especially when we're talking about coworkers or people in your family, if you're having a hard time understanding what they're feeling, it is okay to ask them. Right. It is okay to look them in the eye and say, I am, I'm having a hard time tracking down what's going on. Tell me how you're feeling about this mm-hmm. so I can help you. And Nine times out of ten, I'll yeah. tell you. Right, right. And it, it opens up this other level of, you know, relationship management. That, and that, I think, even if you can't solve it, I think about how many times – you have used the phrase with me, I'm really sorry you're experiencing that. You are, not, you are solving zero things. But really, in those moments, what I need to hear is, you understand that I feel cruddy about something. And even though you can't fix it, you're sorry that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And that really, truly is the pause I need to go, okay, well, I don't need to dump this on him. <laughs> he can't fix it. So, yeah. And that was super weird to me, like that phrase to start using that. It was it felt really weird (laughs) (laughs) because I'm a fixer. Right. So what I what I naturally want to jump into is, oh, do this and this and this and this. And again, that can be that can be a really powerful tool as well. Like if somebody wants to talk about something Mm -hmm. like at the outset, be like, okay pause let's level set here what do you want from me right from this interaction right do you want advice on how to fix it do you just want me to listen to you right and and to and the thing for me being a fixer like not assuming that somebody wants so that's you know when when you say something like i have to check myself and be like okay I'm sorry that you're experiencing that. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for me too because I'd be like, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> do this and this and this and this. And right. So it's not my natural tendency to go down that path either. Well, you do a good job. Thanks. Good work. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> that was awkward. Let's move that on. That was really <laughs> awkward. Okay. Too many emotions. <gasps> We're so emotionally intelligent right now. <laughs> Hopefully. This episode has now gone far longer than we initially expected. Seven hours it to. long. Yes. It's basically Peter Jackson's calling. He's like, <laughs> that was too long, you guys. <laughs> no, he's calling just... us. He's like, wow, I've got nothing on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but in a New Zealand accent. Yes. Not sure. Even, not even going to try. I'm not even going to try that. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for sticking around with us. Yes. For so long. If you made it this far, you probably deserve a merit badge of some yes. type or something. Yes. So we'll mail contact you. us. We'll mail yep. you um, some type of a merit badge. But please do let us know. Um, we hope it's helpful. So we think it's helpful. We think it's helpful. We're going to lean in and believe it's helpful. Yes. Yes. So and let us know your thoughts. Yes. And special thanks to Katie and Kelly, who were so effusive in their interview. It's another big word. So yeah, yes. Just another, a I word was, which here means? Um, generous and expressive. Okay. I think. For sure. I Normally, I like to have a computer in front of me to <laughs> read a definition. But Make they, sure. They were so effusive in their interviews and were so – they were very open and honest and they were really great guests. So, And I'm not just saying that because I hope people will come back. Mm-hmm. So uh, as we have said a couple of times – 
and made it as confusing as we possibly can. Comments. To, you can leave comments and we'll have links to the episode. Somewhere. Somewhere. Um, maybe if you tell us you made it all the way through the end of the episode, we will mail you a merit badge with a self-addressed stamp envelope, and you can send those comments <laughs> back to us in that envelope. Okay. You can... Are we here? Are we at this point now? This is outro time? I think we're, I think okay. we're finally we're here. We're outroing. So t- I'm so we tired. We finally made it. Oh, Lord, I'm so tired. <laughs> Exhausted. <laughs> Marathon. This is probably our longest episode yet. Which is interesting because we were trying to make them shorter. Right. So yeah. good at our jobs. You Actually, <laughs> yeah, we are, seriously, so this is just our part. We're, we, without even dropping in Katie and Kelly's part, we're at like... 58 and a half minutes. So good. And there are another 20-ish minutes. Mm-hmm. Good. So we are well over an hour. Yep. Way to be. Cool. You can find us on SoundCloud, and you will notice you can hear all of our episodes there on SoundCloud, so please subscribe. Mm-hmm. And our big initiative right now is to find lots of great content and get some better consistency. So if you choose to subscribe, we promise... It'll pay off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to jump into your part of the outro here and also mention that we're now on Anchor oh, yes. as well. Um, so Anchor, I think that they have a desktop version, but primarily an app where you can listen to podcasts. So find us on Anchor. Uh, we're working on getting distributed through there to all the major platforms. Currently, we're also on, what is it, Pocket Casts? Okay. I believe. Okay. So SoundCloud, Anchor, Pocket Casts, we will keep you informed as right. that distribution grows. We want very badly to be able to say wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. That's what we're working on. Working on it. Uh, big thank you again, as Sue mentioned, to Katie and Kelly. And thank you to everyone who stuck in there to the end with us. Again, let us know that you made it to the finish right. line. Right, right. This is Sue and Vince signing off for now, and we'll see you next time.